You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Imagine your wedding day on white marble floors beneath crystal chandeliers and exquisite ceiling drapery. Nestled on Long Bay Point Marina in Virginia Beach, the Gala 417 is a modern and luxurious waterfall front wedding venue with all-inclusive packages, award-winning catering packages, and a dedicated team of gala girls to assist you every step of the way. The gala is the perfect place to say, I do. Your dream wedding is just a click away. Learn more at thegala417.com. Hello everybody and welcome back. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight I will bring you the latest report from a witness I'm working with currently. It's very early days for this gentleman and he's struggling with the experience as a whole. Speaking on the phone with him and through Messenger has given me an insight into what happened that day and after the event. I think any person out there who's witnessed the impossible will understand everything Mark has to say. I also hope we can show Mark that he's not alone. At the moment, we are not revealing the area that this happened in. Mark wants to deal with the incident in the most peaceful way possible, and I'm happy to oblige with that. It's Mark's experience. It's his truth. And he holds the controls when it comes to what he's happy to share. After we hear about Mark's experience, we can look at some very similar reports made by other people across the globe. No matter what country, the description and the habits are pretty much the same. This is what happened to Mark. Deb, what happened that day was a life-changing experience for me. It's since affected me really badly and I'm struggling to contain a normal day-to-day existence due to the fear of the incident. I think as well as the trauma of the sighting, the fact it happened in my childhood playground has taken that area from me. I love those woods. Or should I say I did. I loved them my whole life. I was never scared before this incident, and I can't visit them now. Even looking at them brings everything back. I'm not sure what to do since this happened. It's changed my entire viewpoint. I live in Wales, but I'm not happy sharing exactly where. This all happened mid-Covid. I'd had an accident where I broke some bones and I'd been recuperating for a long time. Back before this happened, I had to be in nature as often as I could. I grew up this way and the woods always soothed me. My mobility was still not good. But my friend kindly offered to drive me there, so I agreed, and I went with him to the old woods. He dropped me off. I had a lovely time at first. I was just sat in a glade, listening to the birds sing and the breeze moving through the leaves. It was a really relaxing time, until I saw it. I was just sitting there, chilling, remembering all the times I'd played there for hours as a child. We used to make dens and rope swings and spend all day out there only coming back for tea. We'd take jam sandwiches and a bottle of pop. Those were some of my happiest memories. Sadly, that is no more. As I was sitting there, I saw a movement within the shrubbery and I realised what I was looking at and it was terrifying. I don't know what to call it. It had a man's body, only it was hairier. It had a dog-like face and it had amber-orange eyes. It had pointed ears and I remember the teeth clearly. I don't know if that creature was smiling or growling, 
as the face was an almost grimace and you could see pointed teeth. Now, when I think about it, some features are not clear. As I concentrated on the width of its shoulders, the power of this thing, and the face of the creature. He was muscled and big and looked far stronger than me. And it just stood there and looked at me. It was dog-like in appearance, but it would be hard to identify any particular breed. I remember seeing pointed teeth and a snout. The eyes were amberish orange and the creature was large. And at the time, it felt like it was about 12 feet tall when in reality it was probably around seven to eight feet. It was standing upright like a man, and it just looked at me, and I froze. I was paralysed to the spot. I wanted to run, but I was just rooted there with fear. It watched me for a while, and then it just walked off into the woodland, as if it was the most natural thing. I couldn't believe what I'd just witnessed. How? Why? Why me? I felt scrutinised by the creature. It made me feel uncomfortable. And that's still happening to me. I'm struggling as I work a short drive from where my experience happened. I have to pass those woods twice a day. I am seriously considering changing jobs and homes, if possible. Each night, as I head home, I feel watched from those woods. As if something is waiting for me to return. Now, I've spoken with our witness a couple of times now, and we recognise each other's fears. Terry can do that to a person. I wish I could take away all of his fear, all of his confusion. I wish I could answer all of his questions and tell him what they are and what they want, but that's an impossible feat. Like him, I had a sighting. The rest of it is guesswork. We kind of put a lot of pressure on ourselves to solve the answer of what we saw and I think we should take that off. We see the impossible and that's it. We're not handed a sheet, nobody tells you what to do, nobody tells you what they are, you have to find it all for yourself. And as I said, sometimes we have to take that on ourselves and for some people it's a slow journey and that's as it should be and that's the same for Mark. So I will keep you up to date with Mark's progress and his journey in life. But at the moment, I think chatting with each other and putting him in touch with some BBR members who are going to understand what happened to him is a good way to go forward. But I will give you an update as we go on. I just wanted to give you the basic um, story. Now, the behaviour of this creature is one I've heard before many times from the quick movement that gave it away to the way it just walked off into the woodland, as if the witness was of no consequence. Yet they are the ones who struggle with the experience for many years to come. An experience like this leaves an indelible scar on your soul, and that's not me being dramatic. I recognise the description of the creature. A bipedal wolf is how myself and Mark refer to it. A man-like body with a dog's head and a face. Not Alsatian-like, but distinctly canine. A shorter snout. The eyes were amberish orange, with limited white to them. This is very similar to the creature that I saw. I too will remember those eyes and that face till I take my last breath. He's ingrained in my psyche. He's forever present. Always there, waiting for me to be reminded, and then off we go again. And I'm sure... It'll be the same for Mark and all of the other people I've spoken to over the years. Let's look at some reports that may just fit with the creature that Mark experienced that day. First, we're going to go over the ponds of Virginia in the United States, a place well known for dogman reports. I remember a case from the area where a couple were stalked on their own land by a pack of creatures that crept closer and closer to the home as the night went on. The only thing that kept them at bay was the light in the yard. The couple outweighted the pack until sunup, at which point the pack backed off into the woods. Our next report came from a witness named Ronald, and he shared with me an account that he'd given earlier to a, an American blog, and he said it was okay for me to share. And he said, my name is Ronald, I'm 20 years old, and I originally lived in Jacksonville, Florida during my childhood. 
but we eventually moved up north because we couldn't handle the humidity in the hurricanes. Now, what I'm about to tell you is 100% true. And I swear upon my life that what I've witnessed, what I've experienced, is something I'll never forget. It was early autumn, August 27, 2017, when my experiences first began. I remember it was a Saturday evening, between 6.30, 7.30pm. I was driving home from taking an incredibly long drive. I drove from my home in the town of Wayne, then past Tulsa and Louisa, and finally as far as Chapmansville. I guess I drove way too far for my liking. Anyway, it was getting dark and I eventually found my way home in the form of a road called 8th Street near Lavalette and that led me to Mount Union Road. And it was the road that took me straight to the house of one of my dad's friends, Ezra, where there was this road called Walnut Gap that joined it. And that was where it took me home and that's the route I'd go on. Now on this road, there's a blind curve next to an old abandoned church in which I always slow down before driving around the curve just to make sure nobody was going to come flying around that corner and hit the car. As soon as I do that, I turn that corner and there's a six-foot ledge on the left side of the road where some small trees have fallen over. And on the other side, there's a steep hillside. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers? Or... <laughs> The DMV Number 97 Or House cleaning Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun Play over a hundred different games online For free from anywhere You could redeem some serious prizes Chumbacasino.com Live the Chumba life No purchase necessary We're prohibited by law T plus terms and conditions apply See website for details Leftovers or the DMV Number 97 or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere you could redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com live the Chumba life no purchase necessary we were prohibited by law T plus terms and conditions apply see website for details as a path cleared through the thick underbrush where deer like to hide. And right at that same spot is where my first encounter happened. Just as I slowly drove around the corner, I saw this thing step out onto the road on all fours. When I first saw it, I thought it was a 500-pound male black bear because it was roughly the same size as one. And we do tend to have a few roaming around where I live now. But then I noticed that it was actually more like a wolf because it had a long bushy tail, had pointed ears, canine-like snout, and the same body shape as a wolf with jet black hair and it had glowing amber-orange eyes. By the time it stepped onto the road, the wolf turned its head slowly in my direction and it stared right at me. I was ecstatic at first to actually see a wolf in the wild. But at the same time, I realised there was something rather off about my encounter. There shouldn't be a wolf that big out there. In fact, the more I thought about it, there shouldn't even be any wolves in West Virginia anymore since the timber wolves that once lived in these woods were killed off. Was the state government secretly using conservation efforts to repopulate wolves in the area and they just hadn't told the public? Did a pack of wolves escape from a wildlife sanctuary and somehow found their way here? Those were the questions I was coming up with. And if so, how did this one get so freaking huge? Not only did the wolf's abnormal size catch my attention, but so did the eyes. They looked different from what I see in the eyes of any canine I know of. They looked much more intelligent than anything I'd ever seen. 
whatever theory I had to support any rational explanation from this unusual sighting was immediately shot away when this creature did something that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Something that still haunts my soul to this very day. When we both stared at each other, even while I'm inside the car, I heard what sounded like bones popping loudly. And to my absolute shock, I watched this wolf place its hand on top of my car hood and raise itself off the ground and stand up on two legs. It wasn't a paw that it placed on my car hood. It was a hand. And when the wolf stood up and my headlights hit it square on, that's when I got a really good look at it. It was easily eight feet tall and it weighed approximately 600 to 650 pounds or more. And as I said, it was covered in jet black hair. It seemed quite feral, in my opinion, as if it hadn't been cleaning itself much. It also had a long bushy tail and two glowing amber eyes. And to my shock, it was more than a wolf standing on its hind legs. It had a human-like torso from the waist up that appeared pretty muscular with broad shoulders and long forearms, longer than those of a normal human being. I could see the muscles of this wolfman pulsating with each breath that it took, especially in the headlights. It also had these dexterous hands that looked almost like raccoon hands, but with more elongated fingers and long jet black claws at each fingertip. They looked like they could be used easily to manipulate any kind of prey into its clutches, and they looked like they could easily rip me to shreds. Or maybe they can do more than just that. The hind legs on this thing resembled those more of a dog or a wolf. This I can easily tell because they had that backwards look and they had these massive paws for feet. And from the looks of it, it was standing on its toes more than on its feet. It had a massive head, similar to that of a wolf or a large German shepherd, but bigger in proportion, with pointed ears and tufts of fur at the tip of each ear, as well as a long muzzle with these great big fangs that are gouging out the front of its snout. To be honest with you, the fangs had a very eerie resemblance to those of a Smilodon or a saber-toothed cat, but the rest of it just looked like a werewolf. It was the eyes. The eyes. They were the only thing, the only thing about my encounter that night that I'll never forget. And even writing about it to you, all right now sends a bone-chilling fear down my spine. As I've said to you prior, the eyes looked extremely intelligent, far smarter than any animal I've ever come to know in my neck of the woods. But they also held a feeling that told me I was looking into the eyes of something that just spelled evil out of them. Finally, I gained this overwhelming sense of dread after seeing it walk to my side of the car on two legs. It slowly bent down to level its eyes with mine, and I froze in pure, unadulterated horror. I couldn't move, and then it used its hand to jiggle the door handle and try and open the door. Fortunately, all the doors in the car were locked and every window was closed, but this still horrified me to a point when I was struggling to breathe. This wolfman, as I'd previously referred to it as, gave out a grunt and it actually frowned at me for a few seconds before standing back up and walking to the other side of the car and it jiggled the other door handle that was on the passenger side. And at this point, I was absolutely shaking in my driver's seat with that same fear still latched onto my soul. Have you ever been through an experience in your life where even though you've known all your life that you're the apex predator, you find yourself going out into the wilderness alone and you suddenly feel so weak, so vulnerable, so helpless in the eyes of such a beast like this? That's exactly how I felt at the first encounter. I felt like this creature 
one that shouldn't even exist, was standing right there in front of my car. And it was the true ruler of the forest. And we humans were nothing compared to what it could really do. It could have easily ripped open the doors of my car and pulled me out of it if it wanted to. It could have caught up with me if I tried to escape. And even if I tried to scream for help, it wasn't going to help me because I knew how powerful this predator was. Even if you don't know it yet, just by looking at a wolf man, I knew a human being would not have stood a chance against it. And I knew that it knew that too. I honestly thought I was going to die that night, that my family and friends would never see me again and that they'd never know that I was about to be killed or eaten alive by something no one ever believes existed and that there was nothing I could do about it. However, thankfully, none of that ever happened to me. It was as if God was watching over me that night, protecting me from the malevolent beast that was encircling me. Instead of attacking me head on, the wolf bared its teeth at me and it let out an extremely deafening snarl before walking around the side of my car and crossing the road on its hind legs in just two steps. The encounter didn't end there though. By the time it crossed the road, it paused for a couple of seconds before it slowly turned around to look at me one last time. And as soon as it did that, I could have sworn right there and then that it wasn't alone. I looked over its shoulders and I could see multiple pairs of eyes staring directly at me. And I knew they were the same creatures as the first one because they held the same eye shine and they gave off the same growls too. I estimate that I saw at least five of the pair of eyes staring at me. Three of them were low to the ground on all fours. The other two were standing upright but they didn't reveal themselves out of the darkness like the first one did. In my opinion, I think he was the alpha male of this pack. And if you all think encountering one werewolf-like creature was terrifying enough, imagine how I felt when I saw there was more than one creature there with this one. With that thought in my mind, I snapped out of my trance and I decided to get the hell out of there. I slammed hard on the accelerator. I bolted away. And I drove out of there like a bat out of hell. I'm not pulling your leg. The distance from right where I was when I saw those things to my home was over in a flash. I literally arrived home and pulled into the garage with just one minute. And by the time I arrived, I was in tears. I never felt that scared before in my entire life. And not only that, that was the first time I've cried that much in a long time. My parents were concerned about the state I was in and they asked me what happened and I basically told them everything that transpired just before I pulled in. Now, I may have made up different stories and stuff before when I was a kid, but that was only when I was little and whatever I have experienced now, it's just not a joke. I told them the whole truth in honesty and I had terror in my voice, but they didn't believe me. They just assumed that I was making it up or that I'd seen a black bear driving after dark, and it just made, you know, the dark played tricks on my eyes. I was 19 at the time. It wasn't a trick. I wasn't drunk, and I was driving home. I was sober. I wasn't dreaming of this incident or hallucinating it. It wasn't even a simple misidentification. I know what I saw, and there's no doubt in my mind that it was real. After this encounter, it affected me so much that I was forced to isolate myself from everyone I know, including my family and friends. And for a little over a month or two, I just did that. But I eventually broke out of my shell and I got back into my social life again. However, I took this time to do some intense research on what I'd seen. And that's when I came upon the Dogman phenomena for the first time. In our first report tonight, our witness Mark described the feeling of being scrutinised. I think Roland would say the same. The both creatures that they saw had amberish eyes. They were both canine in description, ears on top of head and tail. They were almost watched by an unseen eye when they were sitting in certain parts of the wood or in the car. One of my good friends, many of you know her, Deborah Singleton, also described this feeling 
and she was driving on a lonely Yorkshire road that set her off researching anything she could find in the hopes of finding answers. Deborah lives in an area of the country where there are multiple werewolf reports from the Beast of Barnston Drain, the Flixton werewolf, right the way through to very, very recent reports. And Deb was driving from York to her hometown one evening and she said, my hubby and I were visiting friends about 50 miles away and they live on the other side of York. I was a designated driver, so I was on soft drinks all evening. It was about 1.30am and we'd set off home. My hubby was rather inebriated, so he fell asleep five minutes into the journey. And we're on the A64 home, the fog's rolling in off the fields and in large thick patches, which would suddenly clear. I was wide awake and didn't feel in the least bit tired. The rest of the journey was relatively trouble-free. Although I did have a rather nagging feeling of unease, but I just couldn't explain it. I wondered if it was because the roads were lonely, you know, and fog was out. I had no one to chat to as my husband was still fast asleep. And I just had the radio on for company. The unease continued with no real explanation until we were about seven miles from home. And the time was by then about 2.30. The feeling lifted a bit as I knew we were nearly home. It was almost a relief until I got to Horsworth Roundabout. This was about 2.45am and as I started the approach down the hill to Rodley, I began to feel overwhelmingly terrified. The nearer I got to the dip in the valley, the more the panic was rising. There was no explanation for this at all. I tried to wake my husband with no success. I tried to get a grip of myself to no avail. There were no cars around at all. In fact, when I thought back, I hadn't seen another car on the road in either direction for at least three quarters of an hour. With the sheer terror beginning to escalate, I was almost at the bridge when I saw it. I say saw because I didn't dare look at it directly. I had the overwhelming feeling that if I looked at it, I would die. Standing at the side of the road and looking directly at me, was a very tall, shaggy, brown or black fur-covered shape. And at my estimation, it must have stood over two metres tall, and it was about one and a half metres wide. I had no visible limbs or eyes that I could see, but I sensed that the eyes were there somewhere. I could feel them boring into the car. Needless to say, I had to get away from this thing, so I accelerated away from it. And as I passed where it was standing, I stared straight ahead, not daring to look left. I looked back in the rearview mirror to see it step off the curb and go into the road where I'd just ridden. By the time I reached our house, I was in a panic. I needed to get in and lock the door. My husband couldn't understand what was wrong with me. I explained what had happened, but he just said that it was probably a tree or my mind playing tricks on me. I knew what I'd seen and it was not a tree. How could a tree make me so scared, and how could it step out into the road? The next morning, in the cold light of day, with a sense of apprehensive curiosity, I decided to try back and see if there had been a tree there. But as I suspected, there was nothing there that I could have misinterpreted from what I saw. And the story doesn't quite end there. I decided to research, Deb said, and write a book, and I did so a few months later. The book was about people's paranormal experiences in my local area. I placed an advert and had a feature in our local paper, including my horror story and asking for people to write to me. I had a lot of responses, mainly UFO sightings. But then, one day, I opened a letter that made my blood run cold. A young man wrote to me to say that he worked at a supermarket a couple of miles away on the twilight shift between 8pm and 2am. He frequently walked home the last miles or so. A third of his journey passed the end of my street and down into the village. About 400 metres from my house is a little church and it's opposite a row of shops. As the lad approached the church, he saw two figures crouching in the middle of the road he slowed down to an almost stop. There were no cars around at all. And at first, 
The figures didn't appear to notice the young man. He said they made no sound. And then they looked up at him. They stood up and walked away towards the shops and around the back of them. And he followed them around and a few seconds later, and they were gone. The figures he described were exactly the same as the one I'd seen that night on the drive home. I have no idea what I saw or what the young man saw, but the terror that event caused me will stay with me forever. Looking back, I'm so glad I was in the car now. I don't know if I would have coped with the event if I'd encountered it on foot. Deborah said, as a side note, I have always been scared of what would be termed werewolves ever since I can remember. It's an irrational fear and I've always had it. It's got to be some sort of genetic memory as I wasn't exposed to horror films as a child because my family just didn't watch them. Another point to note in these accounts, not in Deborah's, but in the other accounts, is this description of these backward legs. And it's something that's mentioned often by other witnesses. And I don't think the legs are backwards. When in, I just don't think we understand the anatomy of a dog's leg. So what we think is their elbow, you know, I think is their ankle and all of that. So you get these almost dog-shaped backward legs and it comes up over and over, like the hairs on top of the head, the long tail, the thick muscular body, um, and people will say that it was probably between one and two metres wide, or it was about four feet wide, which is a massive stance when you think about it. In our next report, I'll tell you the story of the Winooski Dogman. A gentleman who runs a small cryptid museum spoke to a lady who'd experienced a dogman in the area many years ago when she was a young girl. The owner made the report on behalf of the witness, and he said, a great lady and mother just left the museum after travelling from Alabama to show her whole family the Bigfoot Museum. She made the long trip because she saw something in November of 1988. Something that didn't make any sense to her at the time. She was 16 years old and in high school and she'd just gotten her driver's licence. She had a really strange experience on her way back home after visiting a school friend late one night. And as she approached a sidewalk just across from the graveyard, she saw what she thought was someone in a post-Halloween costume. She described the figure she saw as around seven feet tall. And it was trim, yet it was extremely fit. It was covered in brown hair and it had bent backward legs like a dog. And it was walking swiftly on two legs as if it was on a mission. And as she drove by it, it didn't look at her. That really appeared to pick up its pace either. She insisted it had a wolf-like muzzle and that it was not Bigfoot. Now the sighting stuck with her into her mid-40s and now she's asking big questions and looking for answers. I think that's really normal when you're a witness and you see something completely impossible. I don't think you'd be programmed right if you didn't question it. Now our next report that we're going to go to is in Germany. Um, and this happened in 1972, and the witness said, In the fall of 72, whilst I was camping, I saw what some people would call a dogman. I was an army brat back then, living in West Germany in a place called Weldfeckland, and it was heavily wooded in a thickly forested area. There was lots of places for a boy of 12 to go camping. I was on this occasion camping with a friend at 9pm at the time of the event. In the month of November, I remember, we had a camp set up and a campfire. And I remember my friend was sitting cross-legged next to the fire tending to it. I was directly across from him standing, doing something, but I forget what now. We were in a tiny clearing within the evergreens and there were trees and shadow all around us. And we were just sitting, talking to each other. When all of a sudden, this very tall creature, standing on two legs with a face that looked a bit like a German Shepherd dog, stepped out of the foliage and we could clearly see him. He was about six or seven feet tall. I distinctly remember the tall ears and he also had a long snout and thick, heavy shoulders. He had a long tail and those bent legs of a dog. It seemed to be muscular in build and had a thick upper body and a narrow lower body. It was the same colour as a German Shepherd. And this thing came towards us and stepped over the fire between us. And it was gone. 
in a second. It was extremely fast. We both exclaimed at the same time, what the hell was that? Before running off as fast as we could and made it to my friend's house. When we made it to the house, we locked ourselves in the basement and we slept there for the rest of the night. We never spoke about it again. We never told our parents or any of our friends. We didn't know what we saw. But I did realise it never made any aggressive gestures or noises towards us. Over the years, he said, I've conducted much research since the age of the computer. I bought books on the subject and I thought maybe hold an answer. I looked at lore and legends and I've gone through anything that would tell me what they could be. I think maybe I saw a Ben and Dante werewolf and they were not known for evil. Uh, only try to protect farmers' crops and love and light and all living things against evil spirits. Our witness raises that age-old question. Are these creatures malevolent or benevolent in nature? I don't think it's as cut and dry as that. I think each witness, each creature and each case is unique to itself. Like human beings, we can be negative, positive or completely indifferent. It can be ourselves who shape the encounter, but it can also be the creature themselves. I think the answer I asked myself the most was, why did the creature not just hide? Why did it show itself? I think in some cases, the creature reveals itself on purpose. It shows itself, if you will. The sight of it is terrifying, and I can understand the fear in all of these witnesses. It was the same fear I still carry myself. It never leaves you. One of the cases I've worked on recently gives me a chill each time I read it. So as I bid you farewell tonight, I'll leave you with an experience that was life-changing for one man and his partner. Now, there was some strange serendipity at play in this account, and it comes in from a guy called Ant, and both of the witnesses felt unable to identify the creature that they saw. They both felt it was a cross between a horse or a dog. They saw it step out into the road on two legs and they used the word minotaur to describe the body and the bulk of the creature. They both described the black fur as being blacker than black and they agreed this beast did not care that they'd seen it. In fact, it felt like it didn't give a damn that they were there. On both occasions, it crossed the road in front of a car and went from one side to the other in a very quick motion. Now, Ant's report starts us off, and it happened to him when he was a child, and he said, In the past, I've had two very close encounters with what I've always called the beast. They happened back in 86 and also in the 90s. My partner has also seen the beast on a separate occasion. My partner Mel saw it about the same time as my earliest sighting, although we didn't meet till many, many years later. All these sites were very close to Stone in Staffordshire, uh, stole by Chartler. And I'm happy to share what I saw with you. And if you ask me again in 10 years, I'll still say the same thing. What happened to me is true. And I stand by what I say. He said, around 1986, uh, what I saw that day was built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was powerfully built and solid. I was in the car with mum. And we were visiting an old school friend of hers who lived close to the Utoxeter Road on the B5027, which goes up through Littlestone. We visited with Mum's friend and around mid-afternoon we left so Mum could put Dad's tea on. I think it was about 3.30, 4pm. I wasn't at school and Dad was off work so I think it was the end of the summer holidays. We were driving home to Stone where the crossroad is between the B5027 and the B5066, where the roads meet and the land starts to dip. It's almost like a roller coaster dip. It's that severe. And if you were travelling too fast on that road, you'd know about it. Right at the very bottom of the dip is a small brook. And my mum was driving an old blue Ford Cartina at the time. And I'm in the back seat on my own in the middle, looking out through the windscreen down the road as we were travelling. And as we reached the dip at the right-hand side of the road verge, there was a figure just standing there. And I was looking at him as we were getting close to him down the road. And he just walked into the middle of the road and waited. He just stood there as we drove past. He was within inches of the car. 
and he just stood there, almost on the white line, waiting for us to pass him. I looked at him out of the back seat and the window, and he was literally feet from me. As we passed, I turned and I looked out of the back window and I watched as it calmly walked into those woods. In fact, it looked as if it walked through the fence and blended into the trees. What I saw was like a minotaur. It had a huge muscled body. I say minotaur as I have no other way of describing or explaining what I saw that day. Nothing fits with how it looked. The top of its body was huge. Its arms and its chest were so muscular, you could see every definition. It was built like a bodybuilder, but much bigger. However, its legs were slightly bent, almost like something with four legs was trying to stand up on two legs. So it had that kind of walk. It walked like a human. Its head was almost wolf or dog-like, and it had these huge red eyes. On top of its head, there were small pointy ears but they could have been horns, I'm really not sure. The colour of this thing was strange. It was black, it was so black, almost like something otherworldly. It was like looking up into space, like the blackest black you've ever seen. It looked like if you reached into the blackness, you'd lose your arm. It was just so weird. So I said, Mum, Mum, did you see that? But she said she didn't see it. I was so shocked by that. I saw it clearly. It was just standing there, watching us pass by in the car. I remember I was in junior school at the time. I couldn't wait to tell my friends what I'd seen. And at my first opportunity, that's exactly what I did. And as you can imagine, that did not go well for me. The kids were all laughing and making jokes about it. So I kept it to myself for a few more years. Then, when I went to high school, I met and got friendly with a lad who lives close to Little Stoke. And he lives in the dip when I saw the creature. He lived close to the Utoxita Road and he'd play in that area. And once when we were out, we were discussing ghost stories or some other supernatural story. And I told him I saw something down there and he didn't laugh. He looked at me and said, what, really? And I told him what happened and what I'd seen. And it was with great relief that he told me his grandfather and him had also seen something that fit the description of the creature I saw in the same area. What they saw was legging it across the fields, and they also had found sheep carcasses and other things around the farm that were unusual. I was grateful to finally meet someone else who'd seen something down there. And in the 90s, it happened again. He said, the second time it happened, I was with an old friend, Chris. Uh, I still know him now. And we were skateboarding. We were close to the A520. Um, and Chris thought he was clever and we were walking. He asked me if I'd seen the beast and I just told him not to take the piss. But a few minutes further down the track, we heard something. There's this massive growl, a guttural growl that came from the woods. And we did remark about the growl, but we really paid it no more attention than that. We got to the end of White House Lane and took a right. And as we reached the farmhouse, we went past an opening in the trees and it walked out in front of us. The beast came from the right and went down the embankment. It then crossed the road, and it went to the other side. Both me and myself, Chris, ran screaming in the opposite direction. We realised that we'd have to pass it, so the only way we could think of doing it was get on the skateboards and go past it really fast. The road was way too steep to be skating on, and we both crashed and came off. Chris lost his skateboard to the woods. And I still to this day have a scar on my belly from the event. When we finally made it to meet up with our friends, we were both shouting about seeing him and what we'd seen. And even though I had blood coming down the side of me, I'm shouting, we saw the beast. They didn't believe us. Less than an hour later, Chris had convinced himself that all we saw was a cyclist. He was completely shut down the whole event. We both saw it together. We both ran out screaming together. But within an hour of this happening, he said it was just a man on a bike. He completely backtracked on what happened. And he still stands by that to this day. I'm not sure if this was a way of getting rid of the incident for him. And now, around nine years ago, I met Mel. And we'd moved in together into her little house. And the house was really creepy. 
I also felt watched there and we had some really weird incidents. You could hear loud crashes in empty rooms when we went and checked on them, everything would be fine. It sounded like the TV had fallen over in the front room, but there'd be nothing in there when we went and checked. I was once washing things in the kitchen sink and this dark feathery worm thing went past me. It flew in front of my eyes really slowly. Later, as I was explaining this feathery worm to my partner, we started discussing weird things that had happened to us both, and we got to that question, all witnesses dread. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen? And I told her the whole story. I missed nothing out, and as I did, her face changed, and she said, Oh my God, oh my God, I've seen it, and I've never told anyone else before. She saw the bees close to Stowe, and as she told me about the stance and the walk, I realised she'd seen the same thing as me. My partner said it walked with an almost, well, I'm here, what can you do about it feeling? And that's what it was doing on the road as we passed it in the car. It had a silent, swaggering arrogance. Mel said, When I and Ant were chatting about strange experiences we both had in life, he told me about the creature he'd seen close to stone. I knew as he described what he saw and how it acted that I too had seen it. I was around the age of 19. I remember I had an old Fiesta pop and I was with a boyfriend when this happened. I was driving and he was looking through the tape deck for a certain tape he wanted to play. We were heading to an old pub close to Stowe. I drove through Hixton and the lanes are really dark with lots of embankments and stone walls and ditches. And there's one particular part of the road that's really narrow and difficult to drive. There are no lights out there. Even the odd cottage is so well hidden behind trees and shrubs, they don't give off any light. The only lights you have to guide you are the car headlights. And you have to drive really slowly. My boyfriend back then was rummaging through the shelf till trying to find a tape cassette. And out of the blackness from nowhere came this thing from the right-hand side. He stepped into the road in front of the car. It was in no hurry whatsoever. It was really big. I'm five feet tall, so I think this creature was around six to seven feet tall, Mel said. And it was up on its hind legs, and it was completely black in colour. Its head and face was hard to describe. It was like a cross between a dog and a horse. It was kind of had a long snout, and it had nostrils like that of a horse. They were flaring. But the ears were more like the ears of a wolf. Not floppy ears like a dog. They were pointed like a wolf. It stepped from my right-hand side into the road, and as I slowed the car down to an almost stop, it just crossed the road in two or three steps, and the legs on it were really long. I didn't have to stop the car. It just moved off that quickly into the left-hand verge. It happened in five seconds due to the size of this thing and the narrowness of the road. It did look towards the car, and it didn't care that I'd seen it, and I couldn't make out the face on it, to be honest. It was completely surreal, and I just filed it away. I didn't think of it much until Ant told me about his experience when he was driving down the lane with his mum. The lane that he was on that day was at the end of the lane that I was travelling on. The strange thing was as soon as I thought about that night, everything came flooding back. I remember it had fur, not hair. It was silky and shiny, and it was standing on its back legs. What I remember the most is the shape and the profile of it, the size of it, and how it blended into the blackness. It casually turned and looked and went on its way. It was almost like a hairy dog crossed with a centre. Why did this beast show itself, not once, but three times? Is it connected to one or both of the witnesses, Mel or Ant. I find it highly strange that they both encountered it in the same place and then they end up together decades later. But as we know, this is merely one of the thousands of questions we all have. One that hopefully we may receive an answer to. Is each individual report accidental in nature? Or are the witnesses and the creatures they see connected in some way and will I see him again and if so why is he visiting following watching
Is he a friend or is he a foe? I hope you enjoyed tonight's podcast. And if you're new to the channel, please follow or subscribe. For our weekly listeners, thank you for tuning in each week. I'd also like to thank Mark and all of our witnesses who bravely shared their experiences with us. I know that that is not an easy thing to do. And I hope, in time, each of them find their peace. If you have an experience similar to this, or an event that you cannot explain, please get in touch using one of the links below. Check out our social media sites. Please follow, like, or share. And for now, I wish you well. Have a lovely weekend, and I'll be back, same day, same time, next week. Good night, everyone. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.